Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this epic more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined, as always, by Amanda. And today, we are going to be talking all about episodes four and five of The Bad Batch. These two episodes were action-packed, Amanda, and I'm really excited to get into our discussion on them. Me too. These were really great ones, and I'm loving some of the characters that we've been getting Yes, and they've really been kind of throwing us some some cameos, giving us some characters that we're familiar with, and uh, I'm excited to see where this show continues to take us, what paths we get to go on. Uh, but before we get into our discussion on The Bad Batch, Amanda, we do have one very interesting piece of news. Dave Filoni has been promoted to executive producer slash creative director at Lucasfilm. What do you think about this? I am so excited for him. I'm so happy that he's been given this position and I can't think of anyone in Lucasfilm more deserving. So I love seeing good things happen to good people and this is just awesome. Yeah, and I I saw something that basically said, I don't know, one, one of the reputable sources uh, did an interview, I think, with him or, or somebody from Lucasfilm, and there's a statement from somebody that basically said that this was old news, that he was promoted about a year ago, but they had just recently updated that on the website. Um, and whatever is true, whether he just got promoted or he got promoted a year ago, it doesn't matter. I think everybody's excited for Dave. I think Dave is, in a lot of people's minds, the the new George Lucas. Um, he's got he was trained under George. You know, he he was George's apprentice, if you will. And I remember watching interviews with Dave uh, during the time of the the Clone Wars animated series, the Clone Wars movie, uh, and watching the two of them together kind of talk between themselves and, and, and watching Dave sort of learn from George. And, and now Dave is sort of this creative director. And I think for a lot of people, we're very excited about that. And, and there's no doubt that he produces some of the best Star Wars content that there is. So very exciting. All right, let's go ahead and begin our discussion on The Bad Batch. We're going to be talking about episodes four and five of season one, as I said earlier. And Amanda, we'll be talking about Cornered first, which is episode four. And this one was very good. We got a we got the addition of a character that was originally brought to us in The Mandalorian, Fennec Shand. We'll talk all about her shortly. But just as a quick review of this episode... Uh, they basically, the Bad Batch figures out that their ship is being tracked, that their signature is 
being broadcast, so they're not hidden at all, and they decide that they're going to land on Pantora to disable whatever it is on the ship that uh, is broadcasting their signature so that they can scramble it. Uh, we find out that Fennec Shand is after Omega, and it's up to Clone Force 99 to protect Omega. So I guess, Amanda, just right off the bat, what do you think of this episode? I think that this is one of my favorite episodes, especially because we got Fennec Shand, and it was super action-packed. It had a great little story arc. It was very neatly done. Um, I really like that we got some, like, city fighting on the ships and jumping around it kind of took me back to episode two um with obi-wan and anakin and it was a little bit of a throwback for me to that specific uh fight that they were having with a different bounty hunter zam wessel so i was really excited to see that kind of play out with a different set of characters and it was all all around really awesome got more omega um some of my favorite wrecker moments so i'm definitely digging this episode what about you yeah, I have to agree with that. I think um, we knew that Fennec Shand was going to be in The Bad Batch from watching the trailer. So if you watch the trailer, you you got to see her. And then, of course, Ming-No Wen had announced that she was reprising the role um, with voicing Fennec Shand. And uh, this is, you know, this is amazing for her. I'm, I'm really happy that she got to bring that character back to life and... And, you know, uh, Ming-Na Wen, she's the voice of Mulan in the Disney cartoon, the Disney animated movie. And so she's no stranger to voice acting, you know, and I think she did a fantastic job. Um, you could definitely tell that it was the same actor, uh, same voice actress. And I think she did a good job being the animated version of herself. I really enjoyed watching the chase scenes, like you said, kind of a throwback to the city chase in episode two. I definitely agree with that. Um, and I thought it was hilarious that Echo was sort of passed off as a droid. I think that's pretty funny. Um, I mean, he looks like it, you know, he looks like a droid, especially with his crazy droid helmet on. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But I did have a couple questions for you, Amanda. And one of those questions is, do you think that the Bad Batch need to keep better tabs on Omega? Um, because it seems like she gets put in danger in a lot of different episodes. Um, but now there, there's clearly a bounty hunter that's after her. And uh, in the next episode, we'll talk more about this, but... We know from Sid that Fennec is working on a direct commission, um, and the the contacts that Sid has in the Bounty Hunters Guild uh, gave her that information. So maybe it's not an entire, you know, maybe it's not the entire guild that's after Omega. Maybe it's just one specific party. But do the Bad Batch characters do, does Clone Force ninety nine need to keep better tabs on Omega or? I mean, she seems to handle herself okay, and they get through everything, but what are your thoughts? These boys really need to get that kid one of those uh, leash backpacks, because um, <laughs> the amount of times that she's wandered off is getting to be a little bit ridiculous. Uh, she, she just went chasing after her doll, which I get any kid would do, but nobody was paying any mind to her. They were too busy, you know, trying to facilitate a but transaction. Did, did she and steal that doll? Yes. Yeah. Yes. She found the doll in the shop, was looking at it. I think she had 
gone after the, the doll with the intention of bringing it back to the shop because she didn't mean to steal. But, I mean, they just, they really need to remember that she's a kid and kids do stupid stuff. And you got to keep your eyes on them. I mean, that's like parenting 101 <laughs> from the person who doesn't have any kids. But still, like, one eye on your kid, one eye on the task, man. Especially but then, in, with how many eyes they have, they need to yeah. get it together. Yeah, but then in the next episode, they leave her in the ship by herself, and she has to escape because the you know the slavers are are coming in, and she has to kind of run out of the ship and figure out a way out. So I don't I don't know. Um, she's a very intuitive, very smart young character, uh, but it seems like it seems like they should have somebody guarding her. You know. Um, but she's by herself in a lot of situations. But I, I agree. And, you know, I guess my follow-up question is, will they keep better tabs on her moving forward? And it seems like they know that with this threat, um, the fact that Omega is a target, will they move forward in a, in a more protective manner? I'm not sure. But um, the next episode didn't really show that they were going to. Now, I have another question for you, Amanda. Is Omega too trusting? Because, I mean, what we saw with Fennec, I mean, if Hunter hadn't showed up, Fennec probably, over time, could have gotten her to willingly leave with her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think she has any stranger danger yet. Um, and I think that because of how she was brought up, that's something that she's never had to develop. But... There needs to be some conversations going forward about, you know, who she can and can't trust. And she really can't trust anyone right now um, besides her teammates. So, you know, they really need to, A, keep better tabs and B, have some serious, like, life skill conversations about basic, you know, don't go with people you don't know. Don't talk to people you don't know. If you're lost and you know that we're looking for you, stay put. Just like the normal things that we all learn as small children that she seems to have missed out on, you know. Yeah, growing up on Camino, she was very sheltered, I guess, and wasn't able to experience the galaxy or, or new people, really. You know, it was just the Kaminoans and the clones, pretty much. Um, so yeah. now she's experiencing the galaxy. I love that we got Pantora in this. We had seen Pantorans throughout Star Wars, uh, especially in the Clone Wars. Uh, Senator Chuchi, Chairman Cho, Chairman Papanoida, and his family. Um, so I, I really enjoyed seeing Pantora. And I think, you know, with, with the Bad Batch, the episode's kind of go together right it this is a linear story it's not like clone wars where there's like an arc and then another arc and another arc this is a lot more similar to rebels in that the episodes kind of go right in a line and i like that i think that's cool um but it kind of leads us into the next episode where we have our bad batch characters uh land on ord mantel and they're looking for this informant named Sid, who, by the way, was a trusted informant by the Jedi. And so obviously now the Jedi are all gone, but it's this Trandoshan uh, who our characters meet up with. And what did you think of Sid? 
I really liked everything that we got with Sid. I'm not 100% sold that she is completely trustworthy or that she won't out them, but I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt right now. Um, I enjoyed the interaction that she had with Omega and uh, how she just kind of brushed Hunter off and told him to Amscray. Um, I, I really want to see more episodes with her or with them, you know, pulling some jobs for her. Cause I think that that would make for some really great storytelling and give us lots of opportunities for mayhem, which I think is a constant companion of this show at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the character. I think she's kind of a smart Alex. She's very streetwise and she's got the right connections. So I'm excited to see, um, what, if anything, they do with her going forward. Yeah, and I guess that leads me into my my next question. Will will this become a thing? At the end of this episode, she basically, you know, says there's more where this came from. There's more jobs if you're interested type thing. And we know the Bad Batch need credits, right? We know that they're interested in and making money right now they they need money for rations they need money to repair the ship they need money to travel for fuel for all this stuff um and this could be how we see clone force 99 turn into these mercenaries that do jobs for sid to make the extra money that they need to accomplish their goal um, because I think Sid could be a recurring character and this could be how we get to see the Bad Batch start to go on more missions and, and go to different planets and things like that, right? Maybe avoid, maybe avoid Fennec Shand in the process. Um, but who knows? I, I think, I think it's likely though. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that that was just way too nice of a setup. Um, with the storytelling for us not to get some more adventures with Sid going forward. Let's talk about the mission that Sid had the Bad Batch go on, and this was to collect what she calls a child from Zygerian slavers. And this, of course, was the the big secret of this was was that the child was a baby Rancor named Moochie, and that was quite a twist. I mean, very similar to what we saw in The Mandalorian, right? It's a 50-year-old, but they don't tell you that it's a baby, a 50-year-old baby who doesn't really even speak. You know, this is a child, but it's a baby rancor. So uh, very secretive in the missions that they're going on. Um, I don't know if you felt that, that comparison as well, Amanda, but um, as soon as we saw... As soon as we saw Moochie, I was like, that looks like a baby Rancor. And if you know me, I love Rancors. My favorite species or creature, I guess. Moochie. I love Moochie so much. I I am so excited that we got a baby Rancor in this episode. Um, I really like that Sid was kind of ambiguous about the nature of this kid. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I did feel a little bit like that was a callback to the Mandalorian um, in trying not to scare somebody off the job by leaving out some of the details. I mean, they like same thing with the Mandalorian. Nobody ever lied, but it was a kid. 
But there were some details that, you know, may have been beneficial to have before time. Just a little bit, a lot of it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited to see the baby Rancor. Um, I don't remember ever seeing a baby Rancor before. And we find out that this was for Bit Fortuna, right? Bit Fortuna shows up, uh, Jabba's major domo. Uh, we get to see Jabba in Return of the Jedi with a Rancor. Um, now, in Legends, this Rancor's name was Patissa. So I don't know if this is sort of just um, a new canon name for Jabba's Rancor or if Jabba goes through multiple Rancors. I don't know. Um, but either way, I was super excited to see not only Bib Fortuna, but a baby Rancor. And I think, you know, kind of like what we talked about at the beginning of this, uh, Amanda is getting some characters that we're familiar with. Fennec Shant, right? And, and Bib Fortuna. Um, getting characters like that and bringing them into the story really ties everything together and makes you feel like this is one cohesive story. So I think they're doing a fantastic job with that. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, when we get these special characters that we've had and gotten to know in other series or films, it's like, okay, yeah, this is, this is a star war. This is awesome. Yeah. It just kind of gives you that, um, nostalgia. It's, it's one of my favorite parts when they start sneaking all of the characters and the Easter eggs in. Well, here's another thing that kind of reminded me of the Mandalorian, right? So you have the child who, when you look at him, it's like, oh, wow, he's helpless. But then when he's put into situations where he feels like, you know, the Mandalorian's in danger or maybe he's in danger, you know, um, he's able to defend himself. He's able to use force choke when we saw him force choke Cara Dune, uh, you know, in, in season one. And, and uh, we get to see him sort of protect everybody at the end of season one with the incinerator trooper just kind of deflecting the flames and everything. And you're like, oh, my goodness, this little dude is the real deal. And when we get to see Omega in this, and obviously Omega is, like we had talked about, very sheltered. She doesn't know much about the galaxy. She's traveling around with this group of genetically defective clones who literally, I mean, they can basically do anything. When, when you put them all together, they can, they're unstoppable, it seems like, sometimes. Um, but, you know, they, they are the real deal, and, and then you have Omega. And it's like, okay, well, she could be this helpless little girl, this helpless little she-clone, as you referred to her in our last show. But at the end of this episode, we see her riding Moochie. I'm like, okay, well, they better make that into a Funko Pop or a, a statue or something, because I would love to see Omega in merchandise riding Moochie. That would be pretty cool. Um, but then we also see her pick up an energy bow, and... That could be her weapon from now on. She could be a, an energy bow slinging she-clone. Yeah, I really enjoyed that she uh, got her first weapon in this episode and that she just kind of plucked it up off the ground from a fallen uh, soldier, fallen Zygerian, and <laughs> just lights it up and starts marching around like, okay, this is mine now. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think... We'll get to see her utilize that. I mean, every clone has has their special weapon. I mean, we get to see 
Hunter whip that knife out every time he gets into a battle and, and obviously Crosshair has his special sniper rifle. Wrecker's got his hands. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't need anything else besides that. So, um, I'm excited to see what Omega what kind of what kind of carnage Omega can unleash with her energy bow. And uh, hopefully this is a, a permanent weapon for her. I think that'd be cool. Now, Amanda, one of my favorite characters in this show is Wrecker. And, and I love his theme music. I love his look. I love the fact that he just wants to blow stuff up and says what's on his mind. But he also has a sweet spot to him, right? I mean, he made omega her own room and he had the lula doll and things like that i mean there's just a lot of things to love about wrecker now wrecker has been getting his head knocked around a little bit right we saw him get his head knocked around with fennec shand like right into that pipe or whatever it was and he's been complaining about headaches and how his head's hurting and and things like he got it smacked around in the plane crash yeah i mean that's when he started having headaches was when they uh had that crash. rough landing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The okay, ship crash. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's been having some, some major issues. I mean, he got shot a couple times, things like that. So, and he's been complaining about it. And they've been making this a thing. You know, they've been making us all aware that Wrecker has headaches, that his head's bothering him, and things like that. So, do you think that this is something to do with maybe his chip that's going on in his head? Do you think it's just repeated trauma to his head? Or what do you think's going on? It's concerning me because I'm starting to get worried now that he's going to have an episode like Crosshair did. Like maybe getting his head clocked around so much um, is activating his chip or I don't I don't know because they're supposed to have these malfunctioning chips and tech was working on that device to check the status of their chips but we've never seen anything since that from tech if he's actually verified that theirs don't work or aren't there so I'm a little bit worried about Wrecker I I don't want to see him go down that same road I think he's you know, such an integral member of this crew. So I don't know. I'm getting a little nervous about our buddy because he had to sit out one episode because of the plane crash or the plane crash because of the ship crash and getting his head scrambled. And Hunter was like, nah, sit this one out. And then at the end of the last episode, you can see him up in the cockpit, just like holding his head. And, you know, shaking it like he's not all there, like something's going on. So, I don't know. What do you think? I think it could be something with his chip. And I think that Tech needs to probably take all of Clone Force 99 through regular, you know, checkups with their chips. Because you never know what could happen. Especially if you're getting nailed in in the noggin quite a bit. Um, I think they should definitely have regular regular checkups on that but um i think if there is something wrong with wrecker's chip and he does get to be kind of the way that crosshair is i think that's going to be even worse because you talk about wrecker being a little chaotic being a little impulsive and you know that's just going to be amplified with his chip malfunctioning or whatever um, I mean, when you take a look at Crosshair, while he has become evil and he has been doing the Empire's bidding, 
I think he, for the most part, is composed. You know, um, he knows what his mission is. Good, good soldiers follow orders. I think if that happened to Wrecker, he'd be literally a wrecking ball, um, and that would that would be a lot to kind of overcome. So, I'm hoping it's just the fact that he's got his head knocked around a little bit, but I don't know why they would make that a plot point. So, there's got to be a deeper meaning to it. Um, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's not what we think. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see what they're doing with this little bit that they've been sliding in. I want to talk to you, Amanda, a little bit about where we go from here. Now, like I said, these two episodes kind of go together. Um, and so basically, when you when you talk about where we were with our characters at the beginning of episode four and where we end at the end of episode five, uh, we basically just realize that there's a bounty hunter after Omega um and our clone force 99 is going to potentially do jobs to stay alive um to earn money to survive and to potentially figure out who hired fennec shand to go after omega so that's kind of where we went from from point a to point b in these two episodes but we haven't gotten crosshair recently Right, we haven't gotten too much on Camino. We haven't gotten too much on the Empire. Where do we go from here, Amanda? What do you think is going to happen? See, I think that right now we're building up our list of allies. They're building up resources, and that's what's going to help propel us into the meat of this story. Because right now we're getting to know everyone. They're making us care about everyone and get invested in them personally, but we need to figure out what's going to happen with crosshair. I think that's going to be a huge story arc. Um, if not one of the main ones, we need to figure out what their purpose is because they can't just go hopping around and hiding Omega for the next million years. So there has to be some kind of end game that we're going to start working towards at some point, some solution to the issue. Um, and then we have, have to figure out what to do about Fennec Shand. So I think that those are all going to be main components going forward because right yeah, right now it's just going back and forth and meeting new people on different planets and small stories. But I, I definitely think that we have some bigger arcs coming up. Yeah, I agree. And I, I really do feel like at this point Fennec Shand may be a constant character that we get to see and and I have to say, when I saw the trailer, I was thinking, oh, she's probably going to be in it for maybe an episode or two, and just as kind of like a side story or something. But it seems like, I mean, with her ability to just take on a wrecker in about 0.2 seconds, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, I feel like, you know, she might be one of the top adversaries that we get to see throughout this series, uh, which I would enjoy. I mean, who doesn't love Fennec Shand? Um, by the way, we just got her autograph, Ming-Na Wen. Uh, special thanks to the folks at Official Picks for doing a private signing for Ming-Na Wen. That's uh, very excited about that. But, yeah, I mean, I think she could be potentially the number one adversary for uh, Clone Force 99 moving forward. Um, so... Go ahead. So I have a hot take here as far as Fennec Shan goes. I think that she's going to be an adversary for a while, but I also feel like she might flip and 
team up with the Bad Batch. Well, here's another interesting thought, right? The Bad Batch, they are clones. Who do we see Fennec team up with in The Mandalorian? Who do we... Who do we see her team up with in The Mandalorian, season two? Oh. When we see Fennec Shand, she's with a specific character who, by the way, at the end of season two, we see her with again on the throne at Jabba's palace, which kicked off a new show, Boba Fett. And by the way, Boba Fett is also a clone. So maybe there's some sort of, I don't know, rapport there. Maybe maybe because Fennec has dealt with clones in the past and and like you said, Amanda, maybe maybe she will begin as an adversary and then she'll become more of an ally. I don't know, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if she teams up partially with Fett later on because of the way that he looks because he's a clone. So Well, and that wouldn't be out of character for her either, since it's something that she's already done. Right. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the show. And I think like a lot of people just say that this is, you know, Clone Wars season eight. I think it is. But I think to me, it's starting to get a different feel to it. Like the animation is the same. But I mean, to me, this feels a little bit darker. And I know Clone Wars was very dark at different points. Um, But I mean, we've seen some pretty ruthless things happen in this, especially with Crosshair. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, I don't know if we'll get any characters like Ahsoka or anything like that in the future. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if we do. Um, But Amanda, one last question before we go related to this, and it's going to be related to Omega. Um, Basically, every episode we've kind of tried to discuss and try and figure out what is Omega's special ability if she is the fifth part of this Bad Batch group. Um, she must have some sort of special powers. After watching these two most recent episodes, do you feel like you have any more thoughts or you want to just stay where you were, this potentially Force-sensitive clone? Oh, I still think that she's Force-sensitive. Um, I think that her abilities lie in um, kind of reading minds a little bit. She has this heightened intuition. Look at look at what happened with Sid. She walks up to Sid after Sid dismisses them. Sid says, "What do you want?" And she says, "You're, you're Sid. You're Sid." Yeah. Echo just Rekka, like playing his day with. Com- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm done. I just love how Omega talks. <laughs> but yeah, just as plain as day, like without a doubt in the world, looks up at her and you're Sid. So I, I think yeah. that there's definitely an aspect of being able to read minds or at least sense um, intention with Omega. Yeah. And Sid was like, well, you're smarter than the rest of your group, you know. Um, so I don't know. She's definitely not as stealthy as I thought she would be if she was force sensitive because they're like in this most recent one. They're like, yeah, it would be good if we didn't if we had our gear and she's trying to like sneak down, but she kicks a rock and then they realize she's there and it's like, well, that didn't go well. And then they catch her right in front of the Moochie's cage, even though she unlocked it first, but like they grabbed her. I don't know. 
we'll see. We'll see. No one's perfect. So obviously, even if she was force sensitive, she still could have been grabbed. But I don't know. I think you could be right. I think you could be right. But and that would explain a lot of as far as why people are after her. So I think I think we'll go with that. I don't think she cared so much about being grabbed. I think that that was actually still part of her diversion to get them far away enough from the crate before they realized that she had unlocked it. I and think that was closer all part to of the rancor. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. part of her show. All right. Well, we would love to know what you guys thought of episode four cornered and episode five rampage of the bad batch and uh we are into june now so we're over a month into the show and i think all of us can agree or at least most of us can agree that this has been a fantastic show uh looking forward to seeing what happens and um i don't know if there'll be another episode by the time this episode airs but um there could be so uh but thank you guys so much for listening to episode 203 where Amanda and I talked all about the latest two episodes of The Bad Batch. Amanda, if people would like to let us know their thoughts on The Bad Batch or just want to interact with us on social media, where can they do that? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the handle at Twin Sons Outpost. All right, and if you're looking for places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you guys like what we're doing here and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and leave us a positive review. Thank you so much again for listening to our show. We'll be back again soon. And as always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Rendezvous point on Halloween. This time you are not a to me,